Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Dan and Benny in the Ring. I'm Dan Spastiano, joined, as always, by the BS Express himself, Benny Scala. Benny, how you doing, buddy? Dan, it is a great day to be young, tall, handsome, and wealthy. Or for me, it's Tuesday. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, I've known you a long time. I don't think you're any of those things. Right. <laughs> you know, Benny, we always talk about, we love to get the stories from the inside, and we've got Somebody with a lot of good stories from the inside. Why don't you tell everybody who we got on the phone with us tonight? Yes, sir. Our guest has wrestled in many places, and I am sure has many, many great stories to tell us. He is the American giant. Buck Bresner. Buck, welcome to Dan and Benny in the ring. And uh, Buck, how tall are you? I'm seven foot three. Wow. That'll uh, that'll do it. You truly are a giant. Yeah, Buck, I want to get right into it. We always start with the same question, and everybody's got their own stories, and it really always puts a unique perspective on anything. So I'm going to ask you uh, from the start, what was the moment? Do you remember um, when you became interested? What, what was it about wrestling? What was the moment? What was the match, the show? One, where you saw wrestling and said, I'm a fan of this forever. And two, when did the bug bite you and you said, that's what I'm going to do? Well, um, back in 1983, I was in the seventh grade at that time. Um, <clears throat> my mother and father first took me to my very first wrestling match at the arena up in Syracuse, where I was born and raised at. And um, the match that I really, really got excited about was when I saw um, the late Superfly Jimmy Snuka against Ray the Crippler Stevens. And, and that, that really, really fired me up right then and there. And um, I didn't think anything of it at that point, other than just I, was just, I was just a fan, just like everybody else was. And several years later, um, when I went to the high school level, I tried out for the JV basketball squad. And bro, brother, you won't believe this. Um, on the third cut, I was cut from the basketball team. And... Um, Actually, um, a wrestling coach came up to me the following time and came up to me personally and said, Buck, I heard you got cut. Um, I know somebody who I went to Ithaca College with who works for the World Wrestling Federation. And I turned around. I, I had a funny look on my face. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Who is it? Um, you really want to know who it is? It was Gorilla Monsoon. I was going to guess when you said uh, Ithaca, that was going to, yeah, that was my clue. Yep. He was very good friends with Gorilla, and I'll never forget what he told me. He told me one day Gorilla um, was weighing about 300 pounds, had wrestling practice, and accidentally broke a guy's arm during practice. And this is what this is what he told me. And he says, I'll tell you what. He says, uh, if you see Gorilla at the, at the matches, um, you tell him that Coach Rock says hello. So I saw Gorilla two nights later getting ready to do a live TV announcement prior to the Survivor Series at that time. And uh, Gorilla came up to me. He goes, I do know uh, Ron Rock. That was his name. And uh, tell him I said hello. I went back to school the next day. He comes up to me. He goes, told you. I'm like, Coach, how did you know I saw him? He goes, 
I got a phone call about it. I said, okay. So he goes, I'll tell you what. I want you to wrestle for me. And the reason why I'm asking, telling you to do this, because I can help you get the minor training through the high school level. I can get you to professional wrestling when you graduate. And um, I'm like, yeah, right. You got to be kidding me. And he wasn't kidding. And I uh, didn't have too much matches during the junior year, junior level year, because I was the only heavyweight they had. But in my senior year, I busted butt, went to the gym, trained hard, had matches. And by the time I graduated from high school, um, a short time after that, I was in college. And uh, um, Mike Rotundo um, got a hold of somebody from Circuit University. And I got a call, I got a call from one of his friends saying that um, the destroyer Dick Byer out of Buffalo is training wrestlers. And I said, okay. And he said, he goes, Buck, you'll fit right in. He goes, he knows about you. Give him the call. So I gave Dick a call. And uh, he told me he just retired from the business. And he asked me who referred him. I said, well, Mike Rotundo did. And he goes, I'll tell you what. I know a guy in Tampa, Florida, who is training wrestlers currently. They call him the great Malenko, Boris Malenko. And I says, okay. He goes, have you heard of him? I said, no. Um, he says, he worked with Gordon Sully. And he asked me if I knew who Gordon was. I said, yes, I do. But my dad and I used to watch Gordon Soley all the time. And I relocated to Florida, got started with Malenko, and Malenko came up to me and he goes, if we can get you training time, I want you to get you a passport. I want you to go over to Japan, get some more experience with the Nasty Boys, Hulk Hogan, Mr. Perfect, and all them guys with the Japanese guys. He said, you, he said, you got true potential. And sure, started after that, then you started to fire right up after that. Well, um, I got my I got my very first start with at the Malenko's camp. Excuse me, <clears throat> but other than that, uh, I just started having great matches and uh, started working with the best in wrestling, and uh, it, it all fired up after that. Buck, you, in that one sentence, so you mentioned Gorilla Monsoon, Mike Rotundo. Mm-hmm. The Dick mm-hmm. Byer, arguably like maybe the greatest mass wrestler ever, and yeah. Boris Malenko, and you know the, the the term legend is used very loosely in professional wrestling, but I mean Boris Malenko. When I think of him, because I also watched, uh, I watched uh, CWF Championship Wrestling from Florida. Now, by the time I watched it, I think Boris Malenko had already retired. I think he retired maybe in the seventies. But when you think of Something Boris like Malenko, that, yeah. there is. You you do not see a wrestling magazine with Boris Malenko in it without like it being like it looked like a crime scene with the with all the blood I mean and like the carnage and everything but so that's you know there was and that's all I ever I think like this guy man he's he's a hated heel you know a Russian guy in reality it was Larry Simon from New Jersey so um, wh- how did Boris Malenko or how did Larry Simon the trainer differ from Boris Malenko, the wrestler? Larry, um, the trainer um, uh, trained me in a proper way where um, how to u- utilize my size. You know, for example, like Andre the Giant, Big John Stud, or Mark Calloway, The Undertaker, all those guys did. Um, he wanted to make sure everything was done right and 
he treated, he trained me as a big guy, you know, not no technical wrestler. And he told me many times before, you cannot do technical stuff because of your size. I'm going to teach you the way to utilize your size where you can be a real big guy or another giant, so to speak. And, uh, you know, you can be another good one in the future. And he's always done that. Um, I've worked, uh, I've worked out with guys in the gym, uh, at his camp, uh, guys like, um, let's say who else? Um, Isaac Yank from DDS, uh, Kane. Yeah. Uh, I, I had matches with him. Yeah. I had matches with him. I had matches with Haystacks Calhoun Jr. Um, starting off. And, uh, it's, it's really, really different for me when I first started because I, I wasn't used to it at that point. And the more I got trained, the more I work out, work out with these guys, it became easier for me. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. Was, was his son, uh, training by, or was he wrestling by then? Dean? Um, yes. Um, Dean and Joe, I, uh, were working with new That's Japan at the too. time. Um, Jody Momenko, great guys, man. I, I mean, they're, they're like brothers to me and they, they, um, they treat, they treated me very, very well. They trained me in different ways. And, um, I'll tell you one thing. Um, the name, uh, Lurch from the Adams family came along one time. He goes, you want to go in there as Lurch. I said, what? I said, you want to go in there as Lurch. I said, no, 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 no. I don't want, um, that's not me. Um, but you know, just be natural, you know, just be, just to be the natural big giant guy that I've always have been. And, um, you know, I came up with the name, well, actually not me. A friend of mine came up with the name Sasquatch, the seven foot Sasquatch. And, um, I started doing that and that went over big for a while. And when I first had my first match in Tampa, nobody liked me whatsoever. <laughs> I'll never forget that night. And, um, I made a lot of kids cry. A lot of people in Tampa Bay were, you know, they were giving me the jeers like nothing, you know, and, and it's like, it was, it was, it was pretty fun. Actually. I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. I just went in there, dominated people, get out of the ring. Go home with a big paycheck, so to speak, if you know what I'm saying. Buck, was, was that uh, still at the Homer Hasterly? Were they still wrestling there? I'm sorry? Were they were, were, uh, in Florida? Were they still wrestling at the Homer Hasterly Auditorium, or was that was that closed by then? I'm not sure by then if it was closed. Uh, that one was closed. Um, the Tampa Sportatorium, where okay. Gordon Floyd first, the CWF, that, that was still open. And... Um, I never thought I was going to wrestle in a small place like that, but I tell you what, when I saw when I, when I was told that they used to do the TV tapings there, I'm like, wow, you know, I, I was I was in awe, so to speak, you know, that's where a lot of other guys like Cowboy Bob Orton and all these guys came out of the magnificent Morocco and all those guys came out of. Yeah, I never thought I was going to start like there. Yes, yes, but. Um, I I enjoyed it. I mean, it was a great experience. I learned new I learned new things while I was there. I mean, that there's I was I just couldn't believe it. But you talked about being um, trained. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I thought you were finished. No, I'm done. I, I'm I'm completed. I didn't mean to cut you off. You talked about being trained at, uh, in the style of a big man. I'm I'm curious. At the time, I mean, you would have had, uh, you know, obviously you mentioned Andre the Giant. 
and and there were some up and coming names, uh, bigger names um, at the time. With your your you mentioned Isaac Yankum, Kevin Nash, uh, Paul White. You would have had uh, obviously you could have looked internationally to like Giant Baba back back in the, in the earlier days. You mentioned K- K- uh, Haystacks, Big John Stud. What was there any? Wrestling, since you were training as a giant and kind of having to become a giant, was there any of the giants that you looked at and kind of influenced your style? Or were you, did you develop your style based on what Boris taught you on how to be a giant? It was kind of both. Um, it, it was both. Um, Boris um, trained me um, a lot of different ways. And I also looked at videotapes uh, like Andre, Stud, which combined what Boris has trained me to do also. And uh, one of the things I enjoy doing um, is trying to distract a smaller guy, like King Kong Bundy, so to speak, you know, just wear him down and then shoot him in the turnbuckle or whatever and splash him, whatever the case was. But normally I was just giving him the big boot and put my foot on top of the chest. That was it, you know. Um, there's other things that um, I, I've done also, like the security side slam. But um, it was kind of both to answer your question, um, I, both ways. I learned from everybody. And it, it's a great experience, especially working with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. And much unfortunately, I'm still heartbroken as to what, how Scott passed away that last yeah. week. Um <laughs> Scott was, I, I got him, you know, Scott was a great talent. I mean, he was a great wrestler, you know, since I started watching him when I was a kid, back in the AWA days, when he teamed up with Kurt Hennig. And I've I learned from from these guys throughout the years, There's you, you just don't stop learning on doing different things. And um, what Malenko always taught me was, whatever works for you, do it. If it don't work for you, don't do it. And he's right. Buck, did you did you actually make that trip to Japan? And if you did, who did who did you wrestle there? No, I was very close, but I did not make it uh, because I didn't. Have, I couldn't get my passport in time. Um, I would have had uh, a, a match with one of their students over there, and uh, several years later, they wanted to send me back over to Japan again. And I, um, with passport issues, I I just didn't make it over there. Um. It was close, but um, I never made it over, which is fine. I mean, I got my passport now, but uh, back then it was kind of running into situations where, you know, the paperwork and the passport, you know, by the time I got it, they were already going on tour. And that was fine. Um, I just stayed in the United States and wrestled all the way down the East Coast. Pretty much. What year did you make your debut? I I meant to answer that too. I debuted in 1989. So uh, you were about 20, correct? Yes. Okay. Right. Still going strong. Mm-hmm. 33 yeah, years later. I, here, yeah, here I am at 52. I'm still going as strong as wow. I enjoy it. Where do you um? Yes. You said your first match was in 1989. Where uh, do you remember what arena you, you wrestled in, or where you wrestled? I mean, it was at the Tampa Sportatorium. Um, it was so. It was against some small guy. Uh, I forgot what his name was. At the time, he was a, he was associated um, with with uh, the Cuban assassin. I, don't, I know who you know who he is. Fidel Sierra. Yep. 
Yeah, Fidel Sierra. Uh, Fidel Sierra is a, like I said, eventually it led up to me having matches with Fidel Sierra. Um, he, I, I, com- I recognize Fidel Sierra as one of the great wrestlers uh, coming out of Puerto Rico. I may not like how he cheats or anything like that, but uh, you got to respect uh, Fidel Sierra and uh, all the wrestlers that you wrestle. And um, one time, um, I had a match one on one with against another six foot ten inch guy by the name of the Grave Digger, and um, it was it was like a blanket match where you know if I was covered by a blanket, I automatically lose the match. And what happened was that um, came to close to that, and Fidel Sierra, Buddy Valentine, Greg Valentine's cousin or something like that. I don't know if his nephew, cousin or something, and uh, a few others ran in the ring and uh, attacked the grave digger. And I came back around. I saw the Cuban assassin. I turned around. I'm like, wait a minute here. This is a one-on-one match between me and grave digger. What are you doing here? I shot the grave di- um, not grave digger. I shot the Cuban assassin over the top rope. And brother, that, that really lit up the storytorium. That's where the USA chat started. That's where um, I started representing the United States. I, and, I'm, you know, uh, I was just about okay. to ask you. you know, I was just about to ask you about that because you mentioned your you, when you um, said some kind words about Scott Hall. You mentioned uh, obviously wrestling the the empty arena match you had with him and Kevin Nash, um, mm-hmm. where you were billed as as big. Uh, you were you were billed as Big Buck Bresner. I'm curious when did the the moniker American Giant one when did that start and where did that come from? Who came up with that name? Well, a friend of mine who um, was a referee with the NWA, um, they called him Hur- the late Hurricane Bob. Uh, he passed away a, while, a little while back, and he was one of the doinks with WWF back in the day. Um, he called me one day. He said, Buck, I want you to come over here. I want to have a meeting with you. And he found out what I was going through. Because I was going through some personal issues at the time. And uh, he comes up, and uh, he says, look, he said, you have a change of heart. Why don't you stick to your guns with the United States? Instead of being called um, the, the seven-foot Sasquatch, let's make the name the American Giant Buck Bresner. And I said, okay, um, what, what's, the, you know, what's, the, what's the theory here? He says, look, you're strong. You're strong like the immortal Hulk Hogan. You're the, you're the American giant Buck Bresner. Everybody loves you. All the way up down. You've been all, you know. And I said, okay, I, I'll go along with that. Um, I I have no problem with that because number one, it's just not it's not just a gimmick name. It's my it's my real natural. It's, it's how I feel about things in life. And you know, I had other people come calling me, asking me why are they calling you the, the seven foot three American giant Buck Bresner. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to answer that for you. Number one, I'm seven foot three. Number two, I'm an American. And number three, I'm a giant in heart. Not giant in height like Andre Studnell says, in heart. Which means you have a big heart to go out there, do what you fight for, wrestle hard, do what's right, and try to win your matches. That's, that's why they call me the American Giant. And I'm, I'm not... I said, there's only one true giant in the history of professional wrestling. That's Andre the Giant. You know, he's the phenomenal of all time. 
And, you know, that's, that's where I stand with that. And, you know, that's, that's how I feel about that. You know, if they can't respect the American giant buck president, then there, there's a problem. But you said, that, you, not me. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm done now. Okay. Um, so you said in your initial match, there was some jeers. So I guess maybe some confusion, uh, whether you were going to be yes. a heel or a baby face, but I imagine, you know, with the name, the American giant, that eliminated any doubt, and you were definitely a definitely a babyface, correct? That's correct. Yes, and I enjoy I I enjoy the babyface. Um, I enjoy, I just enjoy being with the fans. I just enjoy wrestling the best I can, lead by example, and I just use the talent that that the good Lord gave me, and I'm going to do that continually. You know? Did, did you wrestle much much as a heel? Uh yeah, there were several times I did. I started off as a heel. And um, until the time I threw the Cuban over the top rope, and there was one time I had a bad, I had a battle royal with ACW um, in Newport Richie actually, and um, I started tearing people out in the ring. And before you know it, coming through the curtain was Bushwhacker Luke, and okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. I said, I'm going to throw this ugly uh, WWE all thing over the top rope. Before you know it, he throws me over the top rope. My foot gets caught between the ropes. And I, by the time my foot got released from the ropes, I hit the floor. And everybody was like, wow. Bushwhacker Luke actually threw out a seven foot giant. But, you know, I heard these people say that as I was going back to the locker room. And, you know, I tell people, don't underestimate your opponents. Never. Because they will find a way to chop you down, so to speak. But, you know, it's one of those things I just learn all the time. You traveled all over. You you talked about uh, your time in WCW. You, you've wrestled for OVW, uh, American Combat Wrestling, the National Wrestling League. You've been all over. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. asking to, to – for – to name names if you have any bad stories, but do you have a favorite promoter or a favorite booker that you've ever worked for? Um, I don't have a favorite one. I think they, I think there's some bad ones, but uh, my favorite one would probably, um, wow. That's a good, that's a good question. I got to think about that one for a minute. I, um, I would say the World Wrestling Alliance, where I wrestled the, Cuba, the Cuban Assassin, um, they recognized me as one of the top talents in the Tampa Bay area. This is no, this is no joke. And, uh, you know, they said, well, he was uh, trying to insult the United States. We want you to go in the ring and dominate the Cuban Assassin. I said, okay, I'll do my best on that. And, you know, they gave me matches after time, after time, after time. Um, I, you know, had great matches with him. I got disqualified sometimes. He got disqualified sometimes, whichever the case was. And also, there's another um, company out in Orlando area called Mid-Florida Wrestling. And um, one night, I had a loser wears a dress match against a guy by the name of Bill Crude uh, from one half of the Crude Alliance. And Bill Crude was trained by the Von Eric family and Jerry Gray out of Texas. Wow. And Bill Bill did not like me whatsoever. He goes, I'll tell you what, if you think you can beat me, I'll wear a dress. And the commissioner comes on, he goes, okay. 
Bill Crew will meet the American Giant Buck Brother in the loser wears the dress match. And thankfully, I won the match that night. He had to wear the dress. He was so hot and irate. I just I just got out of Dodge. I said, that's it. It's over. I'm done. And uh, great match. Uh, I had a lovely support of the fans out there that night. I'll never forget it. And, um, you know, it's, you know, that's another good company. There are some bad ones, but um, I just, you know, like I said, I just pray for them and uh, whatever comes to be, comes to be, but there's a lot of good ones too. Well, um, if you don't mind sharing, uh, do you have any good horror stories from your time on the road? Horse, you mean bad times? As, hmm. far, as yeah. far as bad, I mean, we've had guys on talk about getting stiffed, getting paid in food coupons, uh, you know, get, getting getting paid in glorified IOUs. I was wondering if you had any any horror stories from your your indie days. Uh, not very many. Um, there's one company out of uh, Pensacola, Florida. Um, uh, what was it? S S S. PW 2000 or something like that. Um, it's a local company. Uh, they told me they would give me a certain amount and I agreed to it. And when I, when I got done wrestling that night, everybody, all the guys who does the pay left the building. Never, I never got paid from them whatsoever. And, um, it's like, it's like a handshake and a hot dog. That's it. I said, that's it. I don't go for that. And, you know, everybody's on the road busting their butts trying to do, do wrestle and make money, whatever the case was. Don't sift the boys. That's one thing I do not like to see is any wrestler, whether they're heels or babies, get stiffed. If you do, you're wrestling for trouble. I got stiffed once. I never wrestled for them again. And any other time, I got taken care of. But Especially, especially when I went out to Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah, one time. I wrestled a guy by the name of Tombstone Jesus. Had a great match oh, out there. That's, <laughs> Tomb, Tombstone oh, wow. Jesus is a friend of the show. Oh yes, huh? Yeah, oh, guess yeah. what? I, Devo- Devotion Championship Wrestling is yes. one of our uh, one of our followed affiliates. Well, I'm supposed to hear from Devotion Championship Wrestling about a rematch with Tombstone Jesus. I haven't even heard from them whatsoever. We're going well, to make that happen. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to give a message to, to the Devotion Championship Wrestling. Brother, I'm not screwing around. Do you want to see two, the American Giant Buck Prisoner against Two Stone Jesus? Get it in the mic, get your head out of your butt, and sign the match. We, that's got to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I'd, I'd, I'd watch that one in a heartbeat. Yes. And uh, I recognize Two Stone as a great athlete. He really is. He's. You know, you know, he's, um, you know, he's, he's strong for his size and I respect him for that. And I may not like his ways, but the thing about this, just like Jimmy Snooker used to say in an interview one time, you got to have respect for each and every individual professional wrestlers. And that's what I hit. That's what I do. Amen. Um, Buck, it looks like, I mean, I started reading it. There was a bio online and it listed a lot of the, the promotions that you, you, you've worked for you. It, it seems like you, you've been like getting booked has never been a problem for you. Is that, is that true? It looks like you've been very gainfully employed over the years. Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, I was doing very well, um, for a while, for a long time, very well. And, uh, when, 
when, uh, like I said, when my house burnt down a few years ago, I had I stepped down from the rink for a little bit so I can recuperate and, um, you know, take a break from the ring, which I did, and I'm glad I did, and um, just relocated up here and started over again. And uh, ever since then, people knew who I was up here, and uh, real quick, I, I started getting booked up here. And uh, um, one company called KZW, Kentucky's Own Wrestling, they brought me in right away because, you know, I got I was notified by them. I enjoy working wrestle for them, too. And, um, you know, which, by the way, there's another um, associate in the business who passed away a few days before Scott did. I don't know if you know who J.J. McGuire is. He, um, yes, the songwriter. I was going to say something about him at the end of the show. Yes. Yes, um, I will be going to his uh, memorial service uh, this coming weekend. Uh, JJ and I became very good friends. Um, he was telling me he um, worked with Jimmy Hart. He worked with Hillbilly Jim and all those guys. I haven't seen Hillbilly Jim in a long time. And, you know, with too many chair shots, you never know if they remember you or not. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? But it's been a long time. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, my heart breaks when wrestlers or associates um, you know, pass away, but you know, they gave a good run and I gave them a lot. They had my love and respect, especially the, um, Scott Hall, um, Scott, um, came up to me afterwards and he says, uh, you know, keep up the good work in the ring. And I haven't seen him since then, but yeah, we, I had the, uh, know. I had the pleasure of talking to him on the, uh, on, on our previous show, the the network that Benny and I kind of spun off from, uh, JJ had been mm. on that program a few times. And uh, actually, while we're while we're talking about him, it's, it's kind of a shame that his his death kind of got overshadowed by Scott Hall as far as the wrestling world goes. But there was no shortage of comments, uh, positive stories about him. I mean, he's one of those guys, um, be it. uh Shawn Michaels, Demolition, D- Ted DiBiase, um, the uh, the Road Warriors, uh, or I guess they were Legion of Doom since this was WWE. Uh, I mean, you name a theme song from that era, and he wrote it. And a lot of these guys understand and have come out in appreciation of that 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 having the good. <clears throat> excuse me, in that era, having a good theme song kind of cemented your character. I mean, Shawn Michaels doesn't get over the way he did without sexy boy and the Legion of doom without what a rush. And you just don't have some of these, <clears throat> some of these comments. And, and I, I just, uh, really it's nice that his, that he gets remembered the way he does. Actually, another friend of the show, um, Javier hoist wrote a very good article on pro wrestling stories.com about JJ McGuire. <clears throat> and there's a, an mm-hmm. article um, on another website. Uh, I, I want to say it's it's Eat Sleep Wrestle or Sleep Eat Wrestle um, that I'd read uh, about him uh, in relation to his work with Jimmy Hart and whatnot. It's good stuff. But right. yeah, j- I, just a good guy. Do you have any um, while we're on the topic? Uh, do you have any story you mentioned going to his memorial? Do you have any stories of interacting with him or any good side anecdotes like that? Uh, you mean with JJ? Yes. Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, um, JJ and I was supposed to have, um, eight, you know, eight by 10 portraits together. And he was, we were talking about, um, I asked him if he can create uh, a, a good theme song for me to come out to. 
because right now I'm coming out with Born in the USA, which is fine. And um, I was asking for something different to keep it up, you know, keep it fresh in people's minds along the way. And JJ told me he's going to uh, look, look and see what he can do. And uh, at that point, I think that's when he started having health problems, if I'm not mistaken. And he shared some of that with me. And, and uh, you know, I prayed with JJ about that. And uh, I said, you know, brother, it says, take your time. It says, number one, your health comes first before anything else. If you can't get to me, don't worry about it. You know, and uh, uh, we were supposed to meet for lunch here in the, in the next couple of weeks, but obviously things changed. But um, as far as anything else, we, our friendship just grew in the last few years. And, you know, he was telling me one point that uh, um, he would be glad to work with me and trying to get me booked on autograph sessions with him. And we, I, almost, I almost had one, but apparently that fell to it because of the COVID. But the only thing I can say about J.J. McGuire is he's, he has a great heart. Um, I enjoy his friendship. And... Uh, Anytime I call and leave him a message, five minutes later he calls back. He goes, "Fuck, brother, American Chai, how you doing, my brother?" I'm like, "Good." I said, "You ready for?" I said, "You ready for?" Excuse me for saying this. You ready for a candy ass whooping? He goes, "Oh yeah, bring it up." I said, "Okay, that's great." But then we then we get to talking serious about some things, and uh, you know, I'm 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 just heartbroken that he's passed along with you know, like I said, him, Scott Hall and a bunch of the guys and um you know it's still i'm still in a numb so to speak if that makes any sense about it but and as far as um hulk hogan's real american i had a match out in tennessee one time with money mark productions and um the book out there goes hey he goes what are you doing with the music and i told him boy you gotta say no you're not you're gonna use real american i'm like what I say you can't copyright WWE's music. It's not WWE's. It belongs to Richter and Jimmy Hart's. Apparently, he knew Jimmy Hart, and he asked Jimmy if I could use it. And I didn't even know about this. Then he gave him permission to use it, supposedly. And when that was played, it went ballistic. I mean, the fans were already into it. And you know, I had a great match that night too. But, and I told everybody else, don't ever, I don't want to even use Real American anymore because I don't feel comfortable using it. That's Hulk Hogan's deal. I don't step on anybody else's toes. No, that's not me. So, unless they tell me to, I won't. But before I forget, I need to give a shout out to my good friend, Precious Valiant, who actually mm-hmm. recommended you for this show. And she's actually helped secure several several of our guests. So I wanted to thank Precious publicly. And I did want to ask you though, Jimmy Boogie's Wrestling Camp is actually our sponsor. Um, have you had much interaction with Jimmy and with BWC? I met Jimmy Valiant uh, a couple of years ago uh, in Tennessee. He had a his farewell signing tour at a show at one point, and. Um, I had a picture taken with him, and I did speak to Jimmy several times on the phone since then. Uh, Jimmy heard about me too, Precious, and, um, you know, he was like, keep up the great work. 
you know, just continue wrestling hard and, you know, just keep busting your butt. And um, I, you know, I, I am very, very thankful for Jimmy. I'm very thankful for Precious and Jimmy's son, Gary. Um, love them dearly. They're great people, um, wonderful people, uh, good friends of mine. And uh, I'm very, very honored and blessed to have them as friends. And that's all I can say about that. I mean, you know, Precious is one to tell me about your show. I said, yeah, as I give, give them a guest call, I'll be more than happy to come on. Not a problem. You know, but, you know, I'm blessed to have them as my friends. But, yeah, uh, as far as Boogie Jimmy Vine is concerned, uh, he told me anytime you want to email uh, me or call me, whatever, if you need some advice about something, please, by by all means. And uh, if you can't get a hold of me that way, go through Precious. The Precious will give you the message. I said, no problem. And I, I respect Jimmy quite very, very uh, much. You know, he's he's a legend too, just like Malenko. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, so you I, I have nothing but I have nothing but love and respect for the man, you know. And uh, being friends with the Bounty family is is uh is priceless. It's that simple. That's simple. That's all I can say. You, you've had quite a, a few, a mem- couple of memorable uh, tag moments in your career, and you can't, you can't talk about tag team wrestling without mentioning the Valiant Brothers. Like they're exactly top, Mount Rushmore you know, without question. I think Benny and I meant say say that at least once or twice a month on this show. You know what? I told Precious one night um, when we talked. I said, you know, my dad and I started watching wrestling back in '78 from Madison Square Garden, and. <laughs> I'll never forget this. Um, it was Jimmy and his brother Jerry. They were work. They were wrestling Andre the Giant Tito Santana. And anytime Santana would go in there, get double teamed by Jimmy and Jerry, they do their thing. But anytime Santana tags out to Andre, Jimmy wa- runs out of the ring, goes he rubby, he hails butt. And then by the time the match ended. Um, Jimmy was working on Santana. Santana obviously tagged out to Andre. Andre comes back. All he had to do is headbutt Jimmy, splashes him one, two, or three. I'm like, holy crap. And my dad used to hate the Valiant Brothers very much. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I got to admit, I didn't like Jimmy at that time either. I had no idea. You know, just, I was a fan back then. And I'm like, that's what you get for running your freaking mouth, you Valiant Brothers. You know? But. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, but uh, knowing um, the boogeyman, uh, Jimmy, now, um, I have nothing but love and respect for him and his family. And it's, it's just that simple. I mean, you know, he uh, he gives me encouragement, you know, at times. And, it's, you know, it's, that's, that's nothing I can say about that. You talk about legends. Uh, you mentioned you're, you're becoming a fan of Jimmy Snuka, being inspired by Andre. Um, you've also crossed paths with a lot of legends. You, you mentioned earlier uh, you met Scott Hall, and we're going to talk a little bit in your your time in WCW. Uh, do you have a, a favorite legend or a favorite opponent uh, through your through your career? Well, there's three of them I can think of, top of, off the top of my head. Number one is Fidel Sierra, the Cuban assassin. Number two. Nasty Ned Brady from WCW. And number three, uh, the genius Lanny Poffo. Um, 
while I was uh, wrestling for the WPWF, uh, it was USA versus Russia at the time. Um, remember the Russian assassin managed by Paul Jones? Um, Paul, the Russian assassin was the title holder at that time. And uh, one night, uh, him and I battled it out. He throws me out of the ring. And uh, his wife decided she's going to try and smack me across the face. Well, as it turns out, I ducked it. She hits the Russian assassin. I snuck back in the ring. And I was trying to recuperate. Russian comes back in the ring. And I did a, for the pin, I gave him the uh, go-behind takedown for the one, two, three. And that's how I became the WPWS champion. And uh, about... Two weeks after that, I got a phone call from WPWF. Asked me, will I be willing to put the title on the line against the genius Lanny Poffo? I said, yes. I said, yes, I have no problem with that. If Lanny agrees to it, I'll wrestle him. Lanny agreed. We had our match. And it ended up where Lanny officially won the match. But uh, due to outside interference, and this is how, this is how Lanny was good-hearted he was. Lanny told me, even though, not me, but he told the fans, even though he won the match, he cannot accept the title by somebody cheating. So he awarded me back the title, and the, the commissioner agreed to that. And the following month, <clears throat> Lanny and I tagged up in a tag team match against the two uh, local guys, J.D. Slaughter and the Lebanese Assassin. And uh, Lanny's father, Angelo Popo, was in our corner. And he he was very, very encouraging. He was a wonderful, sweet manager. I'll never forget it. He says, do your best, and we're going to go out there and beat this team. Well, we won the match, all right. I gave the guy the big boot, tagged off of Lanny. Lanny did his famous flip off the top rope for the, for the one, two, three. Angelo comes up. He goes, Buck, you did a great job out there. Just keep busting your butt. He goes, and uh, I'll never forget this either. He says, great job in WCW also. You, even though you lost the Hall and Ash, great job. Gives me a big wink. He goes, keep up the good work. That really encouraged me that night. And the more, the more people recognize this, you know, that really fired me up. I just keep going after that. That's all I can say. I mean, you know, now today's vernacular, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. These small guys today do not know how to wrestle a giant like my size. You know, they think, oh, just because he's a giant, we can flip and flip and flip and all this and that. It doesn't work that way. You got to have, you got to have, first of all, you got to have psychology in the ring, first of all. Second of all, you're not going to make a giant do a hip toss or a regular suplex. How are you going to lift up a 300 pounder like that? You know, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yeah, one of the b- biggest complaints it's come up on the show before Benny and I've talked about it with guests is the, the kayfabe has really been shattered by the smaller guys going toe to toe with giants. People don't, they, it, when you, when someone outweighs you by 150 pounds and you fist fight them like an equal, it really kills the feeling that you're, what you're watching is a real fight and not uh, like a stunt show. Well, you know where that came from, don't you? It came from Vince McMahon. It came from Vince McMahon. I I don't care what people say about it. You know, people think I'm delusional. I don't give a damn if they think I'm delusional or not. 
You know, as a matter of fact, I was talking to Gary Valiant about this, and um, he mentioned that he had issues with Vince McMahon, and he he quit after so many after some length of the time, whatever. I guess something happened between them. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but he left, and then you know he came back down and started doing independence. I have a lot of love and respect for Gary. He's a great, great talent, great talent. You know, as a matter of fact, I was in um, I was in Somerset doing a show one night, and Gary was on the show. You know, working a match, and I saw his match through the curtain. I was like, "Wow, this guy, this guy knows." He knows how to wrestle, and believe me, he can do things his size, his way. And, you know, I I just, I don't want to sound like I'm um, getting personal here, but I started to love Gary Valley like a brother, right then and there. You know, and that's how our friendship started to grow. And I don't know if you saw a picture with me one time on Facebook where I had <laughs> I had him in the choke stand position, and we were both smiling at the camera. He goes, oh my god, I got a giant on my head, man! I tell you, that, it was great. We had a we had a ball that night. I'll never forget it. That's when I first met Gary. But Buck, how how did you wind up in uh, WCW? How did you, how did you get there? Well, uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I I heard that Nitro was going there. I I, I live about an hour away from the Bayfront Center. And I'm going to be honest with you. Scott Hall comes up to me and asks me if I can work a tag match. I said, sure. I said, uh, what happened? You know, I, he says, well, Pistol Pez Wildly needs a tag team partner. And uh, his partner didn't show up. I guess he had to work or something. Yeah. He goes, if I can get it approved, would you be willing to work? I said, yeah. So about half hour later, uh, Paul Warndorf called me into the office along with Eric Bischoff and uh, asked me if I can, if I was willing to work the NWO. I said, yeah, sure. Not a problem. He goes, okay, there's two things you got to sign for. Number one, to um, put you on TV and number two, so we can pay you. Because by law, we have to pay you if you sign this. Not a problem. So he goes, go get your gear. You're going on Nitro. All right. And uh, Arn Anderson comes up to me after that. He goes, whatever you do, just ignore the cameras. Just pretend it's a house show. Sure. And that's how it all started on that part of it. And at the end of, at the end of the match, they said that I did a very good job with it, even though I lost the match. And, you know, I'd like to have a rematch someday with uh, Xbox if he's willing to wrestle with me one-on-one, by the way. I'd pay to see um, that one, too. Yeah. I try to, I, I try to get uh, a match on regular, on regular TV. I I even asked the word Hogan that night. They said, well, we can't do that because it's always been filled up for the night. I said, okay, no problem. And I tell everybody else, just because uh, you're not able to do it that night, never say never. You never know who you're going to wrestle with. You know, it's like you can be wrestling uh, uh, Bray Wyatt or John Cena or The Rock, whatever the case is. But uh, you ne- you just don't know. You never know. But yeah, it, that was, so that's how that came to be. And I had a couple of short runs after that with WCW, and uh, until McMahon apparently tried to buy out WCW. That's when I heard they had started having some issues. I said that's it. You know, 
I'm about the Indies. But Buck, do you uh, you mentioned before about you know the younger guys not knowing how to wrestle a giant? Um, do you mm-hmm. watch much of the current product? And what what do you feel about it? Like you mentioned about the lack of psychology, which I totally agree with. It's it's a it's, it's a lost art. Mm-hmm. I don't watch the WWE now, and I'm going to tell you why. Number one. I don't feel that their psychology is even there. They're not, they're not making it look realistic. All they're doing is going out there like, um, I'll give you an example. They're using female wrestlers, whether it's WWE or Impact or anywhere else, as sex models. I hate sex models. That's not what, that's not what, uh, um, children wants to see. They want to see people, you know, actually wrestling. And people today don't realize like, you know, guys like Hulk Hogan or Rocky Johnson or even the Cuban assassin and all those guys, these guys are old school, you know, they don't appreciate what what we went through. All they want to do is make themselves look good. And one night I had a match out in Alabama and I was talking to Jake the Snake Roberts about this, and he told me they don't know how to put themselves over. There's new talent today, you know? And it's like, you're right, they don't. It's, it just doesn't make any, it's, just, it's not making any sense to me at all. And right now, independent wrestling is far better in my opinion than the regular talent on TV. I mean, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with the talent, it's how, I, it's how they utilize it. It's what gets me. I think it's uh, really they don't they're not given the ability to put themselves over no. because every everything is done for them so they really can't think for themselves. Right, and I may mention you know if Vince McMahon Senior Vince uh, Junior's dad was still alive today, I'll guarantee you he would not be pleased with Vince Junior. No, not the slightest. I'll guarantee I'll guarantee you that. I mean, you saw that. A couple of years ago, um, not too far from your neighborhood, Benny, WrestleMania was in Tampa, and right. they had a rain delay. It was a big storm that was kind of came through unexpected, as is prone to happen in Florida. And I want to say it was something like 45 or 50 minutes they delayed the show, and they kept cutting to backstage interviews and, and bringing yes. people uh, you know backstage to talk. And none, I mean, maybe a hand like your 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 Kevin Owens, who was Kevin Steen on the Indies, and you know, it's um, El Generico, Sami Zayn. Like some of the, you had maybe two, three people that could talk outside of scripted promos, knowing exactly what was going to happen next. It was deer in the headlights from everybody, including some of your announcers. Like, uh, guys, go fill forty five minutes. Uh, I don't know how to think on my feet. I've never trained to do that. And it was sad to watch some of these guys 10, 10 plus year careers that, that couldn't improv. They couldn't call it in the ring or or talk for two minutes backstage without a script in their hand. And it was it was sad. And you right. see, like you were saying, is, is everything is so spoon fed to them. The second you got to improvise, you, you, it shows over. Well, that's it's, it's exactly true. I mean, you know, I mean. You know, I'm not going to sit here and uh, tell you that, you know, it's going to get better when it's not. 
it really is. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I respect all the talent from everywhere. I don't care if it's WWE. AEW's got great talent, you know, um, and so forth. But um, they just gotta, you just gotta do things better, so to say, improve it like the old days. And you know, you know, wrestling is not what it used to be. I'll put it that way. And uh, you know, like with Bob Backlund or superstar Billy Graham, the magnificent Morocco, even Jimmy Snuka, you know. But uh, you know, they were into it back then, and you know, I, you know, I miss. That's why I would sit there. At times, while I'm at work, sometimes, and put on the old WWF. You know, I don't. You know, that's how you learn these things. That's how you study it. And now today, if they apply it today, you know, it can make it can, it can make a far better uh, show for everybody if you put a legend against a new guy. But don't always try to to embarrass the legends. Work together as a um, as a combination. If that makes any sense, you know. It's it's just that simple, but you know I you know the indie I enjoyed going to the indies I enjoy wrestling for all the indies, you know I'm, I'm scheduled for um, as a number one contender in in Rocky Top Tennessee a, a week from this coming Saturday, and um, you know I enjoy it is I you know I got a title shot coming up and it's no difference to me because I've had. I've held so many titles. I've had a heavyweight title. I was a tag team champion. I was a Southern heavyweight champion. It makes no difference to me, man. Just go out there and lead by example. That's what I do. Is you know I represent the United States. You know everybody knows that. I don't care if it's Newport, Richie. I don't care if it's Tampa, Syracuse, New York. You know if I had a match in Syracuse, New York, guarantee it. You know I I'd be having a big big fans coming out to see me personally. And uh, I'm not trying to take that as a big head, but it's my love and support for all the fans that I have. That's what's important to me. Nice. Usually when we wrap up, I I ask, you know, about what's coming up. You, you definitely, you just filled us in on, on the, what the future holds for the American giant. So as we wrap up uh, final thoughts from you, uh, if if to any of our listeners out there that are that are thinking of getting into the wrestling business, do you have be it uh, a giant or or someone say maybe my size? Do you have any advice for someone looking at breaking into the industry now? Yes, I do have some advice. Number one, if you're a backyard wrestler, I won't wrestle you. Don't be that. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Don't be stupid enough to wrestle a backyard wrestler. They're not trained properly. They can get hurt just as easily as a trained professional wrestler. Number two, I have friends who live in Tampa, Florida, Tampa Bay area. If you are interested in becoming a referee, wrestler, ring announcer, whatever the case is, I recommend one place. A gentleman by the name of Frankie Reyes. Frankie Reyes is a former WWE uh, Hall of Fame referee for WWF, WCW, New Japan, and all over the state of Tampa. State of Tampa, and also, if you are living in Virginia area, go to the Boogeyman Jimmy Valiant's camp. He nice. will train you right. Train. He will train you right, brother. And believe me, pay your dues because if you're serious about getting into the business, do it right. 
And, uh, the, you know, Jimmy will train you right. He will take time to teach you. He will take time to train you and keep you in shape. Whether, like I said before, whether it's a referee, wrestler, ring announcer, manager, it doesn't matter. Same thing with Frankie Reyes. And I know his um, trainer also, who Frankie hired on, I believe, and that's Ricky Santana. He's also a, a Malenko uh, student graduate. Frankie is a student of Malenko's also. And those are the guys I recommend. I love those guys. They, you know, they taught me a lot of good things. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't give a damn if backyard wrestlers get pissed off of me or not. Excuse my language. If you are a backyard wrestler, not trained by a professional, don't get in the ring. And I'm going to tell you why. Like I said before, you're going to get hurt or even death can happen. I don't want to see no videos on some guy going up to the top of the warehouse building, jumping off and going to a fire inside the ring. To me, that's a turnoff. It's that simple. Yeah, it's not wrestling. Why would you want to just... Yeah, no, it's not wrestling. Why would you do something foolish like that to impress? You're nothing but doing nothing but bodily destruction. If you guys want to go in there and wrestle an independent legend, or not a legend, but a seasoned veteran like myself, the boogie boy, Gary Valiant, or anybody like that, get your ass in that gym and train hard. Then we'll talk about wrestling. And I'm sure Gary will agree with me on that. And that's all I got to say about that, guys. Um, you know, show, show love and respect. That's all I can say about that. Show love and respect. And believe me, there's one more thing I'm going to mention. I commend one of the referees you guys had on a little while back. His name is Reggie Cassidy. Reggie, yes. Reggie is a great official. I, I never had Reggie as an official. But I'll tell you one thing, if Reggie was an official in my matches, show the man respect. He's there to do a job and do it right. That's why they call him Mr. One, Two, Three. Great guest as well. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Speaking yes. of, and speaking of great guests, I mean, uh, Buck, this has been phenomenal. This hour just flew by and... Benny, it seems like every week we say it, and, and time is almost like a, a punch, or at this point, a uh, what's the word, a, a catchphrase of ours that, that we have to have you back because we barely scratched the surface of what it is we, we could talk about. I mean, there's so much more of your career and, and stories to tell. And of course, you mentioned some of the title matches and things you have coming up. We'd love to have you back on. Mm -hmm. Tell us how, how to check in with you. So, uh, Benny, after the show, we'll reach out to you, and we'll we'll definitely try and have you back on. Sure. I'll be, I'll be more than happy to, guys. That's not a problem with me. Great. Excellent. Absolutely. Well, Buck, I can't thank you enough for your time. Uh, Benny, before we let Buck go, any final thoughts? No, I'm just I, – I, I'm never – you know, it, it never uh, fails to amaze me. All the great stories, and, they, you know – we we watched here, you know, when we watched WWE. It, it, these guys are millionaires, you know. They travel by jet, you know. They have a, a very easy life. <clears throat> Most of the wrestlers are like Buck. I mean, they're grinding it out. They're wrestling in you know smaller arenas, and you know they're they're putting their bodies on the line night after night. They're traveling by car, you know, from show to show. You know, back in the territory days, 
Yeah, they were wrestling 300 nights a year, missing their their kids' birthdays, anniversaries. You know, if they had 104 fever, they had to wrestle the next night uh, because PTO was not a a wrestling thing. PTO is a modern invention. You, if you ask the wrestler what PTO was, it'd probably say it was a, a new submission hold. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I'm just glad that that uh, Buck was able to be here and uh, entertain us with all those great stories. And there's one more thing I forgot to mention as you don't mind me doing so. Go for it. If anybody out there thinks they know it all, if you think you know it all, don't let that fool you because there's always things to learn every day in professional wrestling. I've been been in there 30 days, 30 days rather, 30 years, excuse me. I've been involved with the things for, for about 30 plus years now. I still learn a lot of good things. So if you superstars out there think you're superstars, don't fool yourselves. Just be who you are. Be thankful and stay humble. And guys, I'm going to say this once. Stay humble before our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because one day we're all going to answer him as to how he, we wrestled here on earth. That's the honest God truth. That's you know, all I got to say about that. That's not just good wrestling advice that you gave us. That's really good life advice. That's what it is. I, it's, it's a combination of both. And um, the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, had an incredible testimony. God brought him out of it. He's an ordained minister now. And God um, can use him in any words. You never know. But again, I will say this one more time if you guys don't mind me saying so. You wrestlers out there today, stay humbled. Don't think you're a superstar. Don't get the big head, because if you get the big head, it's going to fire you back on your butt, and you're going to fail. Don't be tempted. That's simple. Amen. There you have it. Well, the uh, there he is, the, the American giant, Buck Bresner. Buck, thank you so much for being here. Um, like I said, Benny will reach out to you after the show. We'll have to have you back on. Uh, I can't thank you enough for your time, these amazing stories. I can't wait to hear more of them. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, for having me. Thank you. Have a good evening, sir. Good night, Bob. Yes, sir. Good night. There you go, Benny. Another, uh, another, like you said, man, man with the stories from the road and from the right time period when he he gets that that what it means to be a real wrestler and not the. I say it on the show, you know, the, these kids and some of them my age, maybe, but these kids that you watch them in the ring and it, they don't look like wrestlers. They look like teenagers in the backyard playing wrestling with their friends. Right. It looks fake. It looks stupid. And I hate using that word. You know, I hate using the word fake when I talk about wrestling, but it looks fake. And what he was saying, you know, you jump off the ring through a flaming table. I mean, remember that, that clip was it last year. Uh, maybe a year or two ago that went viral, the, the match that looked like it was in a shopping mall and the guy jumped off the second left uh, story and, and just like ate, ate, ate nothing because you, you can't jump 18 feet and expect to land safely. Like just garbage. It's exactly what it is. Garbage. And I'm glad somebody like him is willing to tell these backyard bums that I'm not stepping in the ring with you. Yeah. And, you know, here is a man who is, you know, we talk about paying your dues. This man's paid his dues for 33 years. Yeah, yeah. He had a you know a cup of coffee in WCW, but by and large, the guy's been grinding it out for that whole time, doing something he loves. And still at the age of 52, 
I mean, still going strong. Yeah, and and that's something that's a testament because you know he mentioned like Haystacks and Andre the Giant, and yes, you have your 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 Paul Whites and Kevin Nash, even Giant Baba to a point. But the idea of of a giant, a seven foot wrestler in his fifties, that's not not just I mean, not even just wrestling. The fact that he's still in in physical shape. Usually, he's at the point where the the seven foot giants are are in wheelchairs and have had half a dozen hip surgeries and God knows what. And he's fifty two, and he's got a title match coming up next week. Right. Like that's and he's actually well, he forgot to well he, he didn't forget, but we ran out of time. He's wrestling in Alabama. I think it's on April thirtieth. And uh, talk about a legend, Action Mike Jackson oh, is going to be on that yeah, card. There you go. I mean, That's, I don't know how long that man's been wrestling, but it's uh, it's got to be 40-something years. I, I was about to say, between the two of them, that's almost 100 years of wrestling yeah. experience. That's, I remember Mike Jackson from the 70s from uh, championship wrestling from Florida. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's great. But another another great legend, another good round of stories. And for everybody out there, a lot of Buck stuff can be found on, on YouTube and online. Buck Bresner, the American Giant. Uh, Benny, any final thoughts before we sign off for the night? No, just, you know, these guys, are, they're so entertaining. I never get tired of hearing these stories. And there's, there's so many men. And before I forget, though, we, we, we really need to make this match with uh, Tombstone Jesus happen. I, I, I would love to see that. Yeah, we'll call call, call them out on the forums, too. I mean, uh, on the page, because I know Tombstone's on there, and obviously Buck is as well. And, and what what are the odds, you know, uh, two, two completely – I mean, you're talking West Coast and Florida and and Kentucky and New York. I mean, you got two guys that have traveled all over the world that cross paths and and he he wants to throw the gauntlet down on our show. I love it. I, you know, when the minute he said Utah, I'm thinking like, is he going to say something about about two you, on Jesus? Like, what's the chances? To. You have to. I mean, I I apologize for the language. But if you want, there's a, an article, you could look it up by the title, uh, this wrestling article about Tombstone Jesus. And the, uh, the headline of the article was, there's a wrestler out west named Tombstone Jesus, dot, 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 and he is over as fuck. That was the headline. And, and it, was, it was clips of him in, in, at Devotion and Utah and, and, and uh, some of the time he spent in California. And it's, it's it, words can't express anybody that ever goes to the local indie shows you have them in florida we have mayor virginia you can have a, a a crowd anywhere from you know a, a couple dozen to a couple hundred the these smaller venues maybe you know a thousand fifteen hundred i was just at a show this weekend uh had a few hundred people and it's louder than some of the arena shows i've been to oh like, yeah they, they it's it's funny and i'm glad buck kind of touched on it is the, some of these indie and local guys are bigger deals than the than the big names that come through the town. You know, you might have uh, a, a, a small promotion in in Florida that'll have a more dedicated following than the next time the WWE comes through. Well, I mean, one of our previous guests, Controversial Incorporated, wherever they go, they get a huge reaction. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we and you see that he, he, you know, the the guys that the the stories and they were because they talked about the three of them when they go out and cut the promo and we, I mean, the they you watch them literally win over the crowd as they're talking, like people becoming fans during their oh, matches. 
it, it's great stuff. But now I, I love it. I'm glad we get to talk to these kind of people. It's why we do what we do. Absolutely. Well, for the BS Express himself, Benny Scala, I'm Dan Spasciano. Uh, have a good night, everyone, and we will see you next time we're in the ring. Good night, folks.